This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting for financial security for our seniors. Find out more at carp.ca. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomers worldwide. I'm Christine Ross for Libby's Nimer. Markham's volunteer-driven Pink Cars Group is in high gear, helping seniors get COVID booster shots. At 60, author Sheila Van Zyl began a profound transformation that she shares in her powerful new book, My Waterfall of Awakening. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. There's a new pandemic, diabetes, and experts fear COVID is making it worse. This month's World Diabetes Day comes amid some grim statistics. One in 10 adults around the world are currently living with the disease, and in three years, the International Diabetes Federation predicts that number will rise to one in eight adults. A study published earlier this year found having either type 1 or type 2 diabetes tripled the risk of severe illness and death from COVID-19. And the American Diabetes Association says as many as 40% of the people who have died in the U.S. from COVID had diabetes. The pandemic also took a toll on how well people have managed their diabetes, and there could be a rise in complications because people have missed their screening appointments due to fear of catching the virus. But the good news is, even with full-blown diabetes, it can be put into remission through diet, exercise, and proper use of medications. After spa visits dropped by 70% during the pandemic, the Italian government is building back the industry with incentives like free steam baths and volcanic mud treatments. Millions have been allocated to revitalize the economy, which due to heavy demand caused a government website to crash earlier this week. There were over one million requests for the vouchers, mainly from people who had never visited a thermal bath before, but just a quarter of those applicants got their hands on the vouchers. Thermal baths are said to help damaged lungs, so they're perfect for the 4.5 million ex-COVID sufferers in Italy. It's something special. I was always very happy to be here with the people. 86-year-old Selena Steinfeld, who lost her parents, four sisters, and a grandmother in Auschwitz, has been crowned Israel's Miss Holocaust Survivor. She survived mass roundups and massacres of Jews as a child in Romania. Ten women in their 80s and 90s took part in this week's pageant. The event was meant to bring members of Israel's dwindling population of Holocaust survivors some joy and recognition. The women were treated by professional makeup artists, hairdressers, and stylists throughout the day before the evening competition. Selena said the nonstop pampering gave her a special day and that she hoped to lead Israel to beauty and goodness. And I'm asking my country to acknowledge what happened in Tulsa in 1921. One of the last three known survivors of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre celebrated her 107th birthday this week. Lessie Benningfield is better known to the community as Mother Randall. Friends and family celebrated by hosting a drive-by birthday party, where people were able to drop off special notes for her to read. 
When Mother Randall was just seven, her grandmother's house was destroyed during the massacre that lasted three days. In May, Mother Randall made her way to Capitol Hill to testify of the horrors she saw alongside race massacre survivors Viola Fletcher and Hughes Van Ellis. Industry watchers say a perfect storm of supply chain disruptions could spell trouble for Canada's book market. The strain has some publishers and booksellers worried about having enough top titles on store shelves during the critical holiday sales season. The executive director of the Association of Canadian Publishers says it presents particular concerns for unexpected hot titles because it's hard for publishers to reprint a book in time to take advantage of the buzz. I'm Christine Ross, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Born out of an urgent need to help seniors get vaccinated against COVID-19 early in the pandemic, York Region's Pink Cars is still in high gear, driving seniors to get their COVID booster shots and helping them download vaccine QR codes. But Pink Cars is providing more than a chauffeur service. It's helped lift the isolation felt by so many seniors during the pandemic. Shanta Sundarason is the driving force behind Pink Cars. Pink Cars is basically a group of volunteers that came together when the rollout of the vaccines happened way back in March to to help all the seniors book their appointments and to get them to and from their appointments. Because when they first started with the booking system online, there were thousands of seniors that were fretting. Firstly, they either didn't have a computer or secondly, they really had no clue how to get onto the booking system, which was an absolute nightmare. Um, Some of them tried calling the hotline number, um, were were online for hours, only to be told when they got through to a human being that there were no appointments left and to call back tomorrow. So it was such a stressful um, time for so many seniors. And so pink cards were set up um, in the blink of an eye, basically, within 24 hours. It has been particularly hard on seniors. They they have really bore the brunt of this pandemic, not only in terms of illness and death, but it, but isolation and so forth. So how are you getting the word out to them that this service is available? It started through word of mouth. It started through social media, which is not easy for seniors, um, but really through word of mouth. And then we were so blessed to have a lot of the media pick up on it. It's COVID-focused, but in addition to getting people to their vaccines, and now you say the booster shots, you're, you're also helping with the, the vaccine passports, which, you know, not only seniors are having a lot of difficulty with, many, <laughs> many, many of us are. I have to tell you, I had to ask my teenage daughter <laughs> to help me get my QR code onto my phone. I've managed to, to bring in 150 teenage volunteers that will connect with any senior that reaches out to Pink Cars that needs help getting their QR code onto their phone or onto their computer and printing, they will talk them through step-by-step so that they get the QR code onto their phone or onto their computer so that they can print it, or we will print the QR codes out for them onto a piece of paper, laminate it, and have them delivered to their home. Right. So is this just done, I mean, for seniors who don't have smartphones, is this just strictly done over a phone call? It's either done over a phone call or, like I say, if they don't have a smartphone we or a printer, we will print it out and deliver for them. But yes, otherwise, it's a phone call with a young volunteer that will guide them step by step. 
And how many people do you actually have within the group now who are volunteering? Um, we have about 30 drivers um, that are, when I say volunteering with us full time, they're on call every day. And I have about, like I say, 120 youth that have come forward just to help with the QR codes. Because like I say, even myself, I was unable to do it. What about people who live outside the service area of Markham who will listen to this and want to get... We're still... We're helping the whole of York region. Mm -hmm. But anybody that is outside of York region that needs help, we're still... With a QR code, we're still willing to help them with that. And we're still willing to help guide anybody um, direction to where they need to go to get their booster. So what happens post-booster shots? Will this will pink cars continue in perpetuity to help seniors in terms of other aspects of their lives? Um, we've often thought, talked about it, and it may we may well do that. But what we found is a lot of the volunteers that did come forward to help us in the first six months, a lot of them are starting to go back to work now. Mm, right. Um, so it was never meant to be something that lasted forever, but we will definitely be around as long as COVID is around because a lot of seniors that do want to get to their booster shot and don't have anybody to help them get there, they're still nervous about getting into a taxi. So we'll still be around to help them even if they need a COVID booster shot in six months. Whether we'll morph into something else, well, we've been asked that you know many, many times. Oh, I haven't got the answer just yet. You know, we've done stories in the past about businesses that are catering to seniors during COVID in terms of uh, the, the, there's a mobile hair salon and so forth. And often the ideas themselves that are so successful are the most simple. I mean, but your your idea, it just makes sense. It, it, it does. It did. And the number of grateful seniors is just phenomenal. And, you know, we've had a couple of volunteers who've said that they've lost jobs their jobs during COVID and that they would love to be able to, you know, continue to help maybe for, you know, um, some sort of a minimum wage if there were seniors that needed help in the future. So that could be something that we would look into. So I, I know it's volunteer driven, but there are costs associated and so forth. How are you getting funding? We've just had amazing people within the community step up and offer us a couple of hundred dollars here and there to cover fuel costs and McDonald's in York region stepped forward and gave us a thousand food vouchers so that all our drivers could take the seniors for a little treat on their way back after their vaccination. Pink cars really is uh, helping not only the physical needs of these seniors, but the emotional needs. Can you speak to that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, We had a couple of seniors call us, desperate for their vaccination because they hadn't seen their family for over a year. I remember one gentleman who was 92 years old called and said he hadn't been able to hug his daughter or grandchildren for nearly a year and he was so worried he wouldn't be able to do that and pass away. I mean, we've shed tears with them and it really has been an emotional roller coaster for so many of them. And I think that's what has been forgotten by so many people, the leaders, um, you know, many people in the healthcare, and it's it's been painful, but there's been so much good that's come out of it. So we've helped them along this journey, um, and 
done everything we can to get them the protection that they really needed. Thank you so much for this. No, not at all. Thank you for helping spread the word. Shanta Sundarason is the founder of Pink Cars. For more information, visit pinkcars.ca. I'm Christine Ross, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up, author Sheila Van Zyl is out with a new book detailing how, at 60, she transformed her life following her mother's death. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP giving you the opportunity to get involved and make your community a better place for seniors. Find out more at carp.ca. Author Sheila Van Zyl had a seemingly successful and satisfied life, but like many women of her generation by age 60, she felt disconnected, unhappy, and unfulfilled after neglecting her own needs. Her awakening came after her mother's death, launching Sheila on a new path where she's learning to let go of trauma and self-loathing. In her new book, My Waterfall of Awakening, Van Zyl explores forgiveness, grief, and invites the reader to share their own feelings through a guided journal. Sheila, you had a, a seemingly successful and satisfied life, but at 60 you admitted to yourself you were unhappy. What prompted this awakening as you, you describe it? I think the biggest event that happened was the death of my mother. Uh, she had been a central figure in my life, as for so many women. And we'd had a really difficult relationship and uh, really never resolved that. And at the time of her death, I really felt more relief than I did grief. And so that was a big realization about there was some work to do. And I was given a lot of time back as a result of being her caregiver So I determined to use that time differently. You know, you have a lot of themes of guilt and low self-esteem and burnout, which really does, as you've discovered, speaks to a generation of women of of this vintage. We thought we could do it all, and now many of us are paying a price. Why do you think that is? Well, I think we felt a real responsibility back in the 70s, but because we were being offered this opportunity to have professional careers, that we do them and that we do them incredibly well. I think that we felt the weight of that expectation. And, of course, it was incredibly difficult because the guys didn't know what to do with us, and, and so it was more, made more stressful by, by that component. And then we were still expected, or I, you know, should is the word I use a lot, uh, to raise families, have traditional family homes in addition to that. So I think we were just needing all of the expectations that came together at the same time. You know, you talk about curating friendships, and I think that is um, such an important topic because at this age, a Zoomer age, you know, it's a scary concept to kind of cut certain people out of your lives, but you say you came to this point in your life where you realize you have to do what's best for you and you have to nourish yourself, so you have to kind of whittle down your list of friends. Yes. Uh, and I actually did it through a very deliberate process. I, when I was on the, uh, one of the things I did early on in my journey was took a retreat to uh, Portland, Oregon, which is where I was born. And, and I really sat down and I did a list of, of three different columns of they, these people nurture my soul. These people are nurture, neutral to my soul. And these people suck the life out of me. <laughs> and I really, and I really took a, a, a very deliberate idea of how to reshape how I spent my time 
and really focused on spending my time with people who nurtured my soul and just kind of let the rest fall away. Um, and a lot of that also includes maybe, you know, dialing back on some of the charitable and social stuff you do that really you don't need to do. So your book is also an instructional manual for people to follow along who may find themselves kind of in similar situations. So uh, what is your advice to them? I would say that it's not really meant to be a follow A to Z. There's 38 lessons in the, uh, I use the alphabet of numbers together. Uh, so there's 38 lessons in the book. And the idea is I tell my story. Some of my story may resonate with you. And then each of these lessons offer you the opportunity if you're looking to explore your own journey and how you might want to peel the layers of onion that unintendedly have shelled you in, um, that these might give you an opportunity to provoke some thought, do some journaling, you know, take your own time for a retreat perhaps. But it's a book that's intended to spend time with, not to just read through and put aside. And how far along on your journey are you at this point, do you feel? <laughs> I, you know, I'm in a really, really good place. So when I say how far along in the journey I'm, I'm in a really good place. Most days I, I can say that. But I do realize that this is a never-ending journey. There's always something that bubbles up. There's always that, huh, that's still there conversation. There's, there's, it's just never over. And I guess that's, that's the other idea about some people that have said, oh gosh, I'm just too old to, to do these changes, I'm like, you know, if you're breathing, you're not too old. We've got, we got a lot of years left. You know, mm-hmm. you want to enjoy them. <laughs> there was, you know, we talk about childhood trauma and how that really does play a huge role, even though people aren't aware, you know, when you're in your 60s and 70s, that childhood trauma can play a role in, you know, whether it's mental health or your happiness. But, you know, you talk about a time when you were younger and you went to ballet class and the teacher suggested you maybe were better suited for piano. The fact that we can recall these incidents tells us that that, that was trauma. Yes, true, true. And, and I think that's a great comment because trauma is trauma. And, and you hear some really horrible stories of abuse and that. And, and when our trauma doesn't involve that, extreme of a, you know, physical or sexual abuse or that, that, that we don't, we somehow feel our trauma is less than, and it's really not true. Trauma is trauma and it needs to be resolved. Tell our listeners where they can go to find your book and give us the title of your book. The book is called My Waterfall of Awakening, How Loss Can Bring You Home to the Life You Want, and it is a guided journal. You can find it on my website at SheilaVanzile.com. It's also available on Amazon. Sheila, thank you so much for speaking with us. I wish we had more time. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate this. That was author Sheila Venzile. Her new book, My Waterfall of Awakening, How Loss Can Bring You Home to the Life You Want, is available now. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Christine Ross. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Week in Review is produced by Zeev Huddy, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.